Hello and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is Enemy, directed by Denis Villeneuve, starting, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, and just Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, my name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing? I know they could have done some kind of cameo from Tobey Maguire or, <laughs> you know, just just some sort of Spider-Man crossover with this movie. I think I think that's what this movie is about, is something Spider-Man related. <laughs> you know, I think I figured it out. There's some sort of... Does this movie take place in New York? I'm not actually sure. It's in Toronto, actually. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> well, that tells you how much I know skylines. I was going to say there was a moment where I was convinced it was in New York, and then you see a skyline where a tower is like really tall. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, that doesn't look right, you know, because <laughs> I feel like New York's skyline is super iconic. Yeah. Um, and they, w- they would have to show Empire State. Um, but yeah, this movie, obviously, like, it's in a city. And there's spiders or something. <laughs> so yeah, it's actually him trying to get into the MCU back back in 2013. He's like, That's "Let right. me direct a Spider-Man movie." Yes, yes, <laughs> I knew it. I, I knew I've I've cracked the code, Cameron. I'm good. I'm doing well. Yeah, it's been busy Monday. Good weekend. Um, you and I actually spent a lot of time together this we last week. It was a lot is, of fun. But by the way, you forgot to send me the invoice. Um, no, no, no. Which... I didn't forget. It's it's on my to-do list for tonight. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Cameron and I actually worked together professionally for once, uh, which is nice. Um, we did a little <laughs> bit of content, photography, videography for the company I work for. Um, it was fun. You know, we sell apparel. Uh, and so, yeah, we were just doing some modeling you know, throwing clothing up in the air and taking photos. It was good to get creative with it. Um, I don't know about you, but I felt kind of fulfilled by doing some of that work. First yeah, time I had, in, a, I had a great months, time. It was you know? it was a lot of fun. We hung out like in person for once and we mm-hmm, watched a movie mm-hmm. together. It's been like <laughs> a Oh my long gosh, time. when's the last time we watched a movie together? It must have been a commentary, I think. Yeah, it was probably work related. And for, yeah, I mean, we were still hanging out for work related things but i gotta say my boss today was talking to me and he was like hey if you guys can crank that out for 500 bucks like that's that's cheaper than most of the people we can work with so i was like there you go dude there you go (laughs) no it it really it was fun it was fun and um and mostly we just treated it kind of like a like a fun trip (laughs) yeah no definitely but um and then I went to a bachelor party like literally immediately after. So it's been I'm I'm tired. My throat is sore. Um, oh. My you could probably hear it. My throat is I'm like my voice. I feel like is is like like half an octave deeper than usual. It's <laughs> it's disturbing me. Maybe it's just <laughs> in my head. But what were you screaming about, Cameron? What was what? I mean, we were in, I don't like, remember you screaming. At, we were in at, like d- grungy clubs and just like, oh, ugh, you know, yelling over music over the deep. Actually, so we we did go to one. It was uh, so we went down to Slow, and yeah. we went to a place called Moe's, um, and we went in there, and it was literally dead empty, dead empty. Uh, but there was a DJ in there, and we were like, "Well, this is cool. It's like a, a little divey, you know." But uh, maybe we'll bring the party, <laughs> and we did. It was packed by the time we left, and <laughs> we were like, "All right, well, I guess that was, I guess that was the right move." And they started like they there was like lines down the block. 
there was like a cover charge by the time that we we left, and Dang. it was like, oh my goodness. Well, we we avoided that, but um, no, it was it was a good time. We we hung out. We had a um, a lot of good times with with my older brothers, uh, older brothers' friends. So you know, it was fun. Yeah, I feel like you and I are both getting the tour of bachelor parties this this in the in the in the last three hundred sixty five days, right? Definitely. I mean, well, and continuing. I think uh, I don't know if you went to a bachelor party before mine, but ever since my wedding went down, I've been invited to a lot of different ones and going to a bunch of different ones, and it's interesting <laughs> to see how some people switch. I went. Uh, I t- I told this story on the show a while back, but I went to a bachelor party where I planned it. And we didn't do anything that I planned and instead did something much worse, uh, <laughs> which, which was paintball. I mean, I don't have a problem with paintball, but it was just like not the right day to go do that. Yeah. Um, it was like raining and muddy. It was we we're in the trenches, you know, all quiet on the Western Front reenacted or something. But um, I'm glad you had fun. I actually had a ton of fun. Uh, hanging out with you, Cameron, and and um, you know, eating eating the in laws' food and and um, just yeah, actually sitting down to watch a movie. And I think we should probably get into what we've been watching because is that the only thing you've watched? In, it in is, the past yeah, week? <laughs> definitely. Well, there you go. I'm I'm improving the show, Cameron. Why don't you talk about it a little bit? I'll give my thoughts as well. Yeah, we watched us, which funny enough, I didn't think about it this way, um, but it kind of ties in a little bit with this movie that we're watching today. Um, yes, definitely. And yeah, Us, a very interesting movie. Um, though you were saying you liked it like a little bit less than you did the first time. I still, mm, yeah. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and it's one that I think still kind of holds up. But I think the shock of certain things definitely carries it the first time that you see it. Um, but the, you know, it, so it doesn't, it doesn't exactly live up to, to like the first memory. Uh, but I still think it is a really good, um, really good movie, if not a little bit flawed in, in some ways. Um, and I think, I think the main thing that I do want to carry over to, to the discussion about enemy is, um, a lot of very frightening imagery that I think sticks with you for a long time. Um, and I, I think does that really, really well. If the narrative isn't like a little, uh, contrived in, in certain ways. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's kind of that's kind of my my take on things. Yeah, rewatching it uh probably this I think it was the second time since seeing it in the theaters and I've raved about this movie a lot. Um so revisiting it was a little challenging when I found some of the scenes to be less engaging. I think the movie swings really strong at the beginning. Uh and it continues to be great up until the finale, which I think is the weakest moment. And that's also when the psychedelic sort of matrix bending moments begin to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the things that really stood out to me on, on this viewing were moments that I had completely forgotten about um, with, you know, the husband on the boat uh, and the kind of the setup with the boat and the way that, uh, like I just I completely forgot about anything going on with boats or what was going on with the husband uh, in the plot because I think you're um, you're pretty driven by the main protagonist um, 
in the story. And yeah, so I, I, I started to just pick up on little things that I, I enjoyed a lot. Um, the second time, but overall it felt a little bit more, you know, it's style over substance, which I enjoy most of the time. And I enjoyed, I, I still think that I enjoyed us more than, than get out. Um, even on a second viewing, I've only seen get out once. The first time I watched it, I was like, well, that wasn't as crazy as us. And I didn't like that as much, <laughs> even though it was more like streamlined and made more sense. Right. And watching this one this time, I'm like, well, this doesn't make as much sense, but it definitely looks cool. And it's definitely got like a vibe going on that I'm, I'm into, but there's also something kind of like, I, I do think us is genuinely like horrifying. Um, it makes me kind of put it at an arm's length the same way that I feel about a movie like hereditary where I'm like, okay, that's kind of awesome. But also like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's kind of, uh, at the edge of like a point of recommendation for me. Cause I'm, I'm not one that that's like, I love horror. And I think the first time I watched us and I talk about this all the time on the show, I think about like my family members or friends that I'd be like, would I talk about this movie with them? Would they want to watch this movie? <laughs> yeah. And us is like on the verge of being like, man, I think I would recommend it. I remember when I came out of the theater, I was like, you gotta see this movie. Um, whereas comparing it to Nope, I'm like, every, I feel like so many people should see Nope. Like Nope is a movie I want to watch with my dad and just get his take. Cause I think he'll be like, this is, he, he's going to be like, this is messed up. And by the time the credits roll, he's going to exhale and be like, all right, I don't know why, but like, you know, like something's yeah, going to yeah. win him over with that movie. For sure. Um, so yeah, it, I think it's cool to see like how peels evolved we've talked a lot about him on this podcast um just his experience and how he's one of the younger filmmakers in hollywood that seems to be building a following um i think us will be sort of or yeah us will be a movie like um panic room for him uh, it's a movie that I don't think people will remember as much. Mm -hmm. Um, I think maybe within the next two to three movies, he'll have that like, uh, home run success. And I, th I believe that Nope was supposed to be that. And I think it landed a little strange with audiences, but they were wrong. I'm going to tell you right now <laughs> they were wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I pretty much agree, um, with that. I, I think, I think Us really is, um, or sorry, I think Nope really is a, a great movie. But I, I can understand why people weren't getting exactly what they expected from it. Um, and it does leave a lot uh, to the imagination, you could say. I guess, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering where those people came from. Mm. Like, were they fans of Get Out or were they fans of Us? Did Probably they see Get Out. Both? Probably Get Out. Because Us didn't do quite as well as Get Out did, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I just... Um, yeah. I think no, I, I think my list for him is definitely Nope, Us, Get Out. Mm -hmm. um, so, other than that, watch the new episode of The Last of Us with Jules. Show's continuing. I think this last episode was super strong. Um 
it gets to the plot points, Cameron, that you and I were both excited to see that they felt like they were lingering on. Mm-hmm. So uh, the episode is is really well done. I don't necessarily remember all of what's written into the game, but I think the way that they flesh it out in in the TV show is compelling. It's exciting. Um, I don't think I've watched any media with Juliana where I've seen her like like viscerally engaged um, because that, that moment in the game is definitely like you're on the edge of your seat. Yeah. And Juliana was like pulling out her hair and was like, Oh my gosh, like, come on, come on, Joel. Like she's like yelling at the screen. Come on, Joel, you know? So I'm excited to see how she responds to the finale. If you've played the game, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, We'll leave it at that for that. And the other movies that I've been watching um, this week kind of as a, a fun, you know, aside, um, is the Hunger Games. Interesting. Not trilogy, but whatever, whatever the four movies are. Um, Jules and I watched the first one and Catching Fire, I believe, is the second one. I was pleasantly surprised with both the first and the second movie. Um, They hold up pretty well. The first movie feels a lot rougher but there there's a lot of um small things that you can tell that the creators were like trying to make it bigger than it really was filmmaking decisions uh there's like a hallucinogenic moment in the movie where they really try to like chop up things in editing and make it all trippy and i was like you know i'm kind of like happy that they they could have really like not cared in this movie you know and the people that made that movie did care, uh, even when it failed, right? Like some of the costume design, it's like Oompa Loompa costumes, but <laughs> like you could tell somebody put a lot of effort into that, you know? Somebody really, really tried to make something special. So the second movie is turned up. I think the acting performances are better. There's more kind of political and um, kind of revolutionary like intrigue. The characters are more complex. I am going to begrudgingly watch the third and fourth movie because I remember just disliking them so much. Um, And I will let you know how it goes. But so far, you know, first two really enjoyed them. Um, I think they're great popcorn movies. And as far as like the teen book movie adaptations go, like they're really good. I know a lot of people usually hold like Harry Potter in that like kingpin if you're more of a sam raimi spider-man fan you of course you're gonna be like well yeah the twilight trilogy is iconic because it's just so memeable and, and disgusting um but yeah no i um i recommend if you haven't seen them at least watch the first one uh it's on netflix till the end of the month i i feel like most people who who have been interested watched it but um Though it yeah, did come really, out really a long, it did come out a long time ago. When was the first Hunger Games uh, movie? When did that come out? Twenty twenty twelve. Twelve. Yeah, yeah. And the next one, the year after. Yeah. So yeah. it was. It they did one every year, up till twenty fifteen. So it's right. been a long right. time. It's been over a decade since those movies have come out. Just crazy. And crazy. speaking of which, <laughs> this is a good segue. Um, this month we are looking back at 10 year anniversary movies. Now, this is an interesting, um, 
dilemma that we have because enemy technically never really had a a release <laughs> um mm. it was an online move well so okay so here's here's the story with with enemy a little bit prisoners comes out um from denia villeneuve in 2013 it has a wide release um in september of 2013 i believe um and at the same time villeneuve had finished enemy um, and was shopping it around to um, to different festivals. So I think they they premiered in Toronto in sort of late um, 2013 as well. As at the same time that his that uh, that Prisoners was actually like having a theatrical release, um, and this movie was kind of just being shopped around. It never officially had an opening date. I think it opened in like one theater um, in America, and then like slowly rolled out a little bit, um, a little bit after that. And then it was it was a direct to to streaming kind of movie. I don't remember where it where it ended up, but um, you know it didn't really didn't really have a wide release in the same way that that Prisoners did. Uh, but I did just want to clarify that because. Um, it's a hard one to say if it's 2013 or if it's 2014. I'm going to put it on 2013 because um, technically that's what the IMDb says. Um, and it's it's an unusual movie in that sense. But Juzo might get mad at me and say it's actually 2014. So, um, you know, but <laughs> but I'm, I, I don't care. So, um, yeah, I think it's 2013. Also, HBO does say it's 2014. So, you know, I just wanted to clear up some some of that before we get oh. into it. But oh. 2013, the reason why we're doing this is, well, for one, this was a suggestion by Tim Smith. He wanted us to do sort of anniversary movies because um, – well, for one, 2013 has been was a spectacular year for movies, and we'll go into some of them. But Prisoners included um, as one of my favorite um, of Villeneuve's, and you know this one, this one also, um, and a couple others that we're going to get to later in this month. Um, but if you'll remember, The Wolf of Wall Street also came out this year, and so did um, Twelve Years a Slave, um, which is. Uh, we, we you know which won the best picture that year, um, and so th- those movies were pretty important, like, you know, huge releases. And then there was a lot of really interesting indie movies um, or smaller releases that came out around this time. So um, I did, you know, wanted to mention sort of the the premise for what we're talking about this month, um, and and you know before we roll into Enemy as as our first entry point. Isn't it crazy though, that Villeneuve was just like so prolific. He, he did two movies in, in 2013 pretty much. Um, I mean, that's yeah, insane. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, and I think there's a lot about this movie that feels semi related to prisoners because of Hall being there. You can tell that, um, it's like, a creator clicking with an actor at least for a season and um they kind of have some experience working together with like subtle like it, it feels like Villeneuve is really capturing a lot of subtle detail um with Hall's performance in this movie especially because he's kind of playing two people right um and uh I think his his performance speaks for itself in it um yeah, I love the topic, Tim, one of our patrons. Thank you so much for supporting us. If you do want to support us, you can support us at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. That's ECFS Productions. Um, and you can find a bunch of benefits there. 
Uh, we have some fun tiers. You can get some bonus content that we made a little while back and have your questions written on air. And we would love topic ideas as well. So message us uh, if you're a patron. If you don't have a few dollars, it's all good. You can give us a rating, share the show, uh, rate us on iTunes, that kind of thing. All of it helps the small production grow. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you being here with us. Uh, had to chill for a little bit before we got fully into the thoughts, but I do want to dive into this movie right away, Cameron. Yeah. And thanks for giving the context. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump in with uh, my opinions on the movie. Do it. I'm mixed with this film. I'm really <laughs> not sure where to sit. Um, you know, Cameron pitches the show at the beginning. Uh, if you're tuning in, like I go in pretty blind with these movies. I kind of sit back with a much more casual perspective, and this movie moves pretty quickly and very like visually metaphoric from the moment it starts. Um, as a matter of fact, as soon as the movie ended, I watched the beginning again because uh, I just was like, I'm not quite sure what to think. Uh, the beginning, I felt overwhelmed by in, in, in a weird way. Um, you can see a lot of the DNA that he flexes in Sicario and Dune, um, even Prisoners as well, uh, with the way that scenes have like this eerie, pulsing horror, even though you're not like really seeing too much or too much of anything that's scary. Um, and it's like, um, the, the, the visual feeling that I kind of described it is it, it's almost like you're in a submarine and you're watching glass crack on a window, like, mm. and you don't really like, like, it's just a feeling of like, nothing's happening right now. But that doesn't look good, you yeah. know. Like, and there's I'm a little concerned. There's no way out. You can't really see a, a you know, you're you're trapped in this, uh, you know, in this submarine. But you're just wait. It's like the anticipation of of something right. going to happen. And I think Villeneuve is is like that is his strength. That is yeah. what he is super good at. Right. Where he might be flawed or at least at this time when he's making movies is that he hasn't learned where to let the audience breathe or like how to relieve the audience in a satisfying way, the same way that that tense feeling resonates with them, you know, like there's no, like, um, I, this movie feels like it's just that feeling. Yeah. And you're not quite sure what else it is, you know? Um, whereas I think about other movies like Prisoners where you're on the edge of your seat and you're like clinging and you have a sense of like victory, but it it it's like disappearing constantly. But you're still like, I'm not going to give up. And so much of the style of the movie with the the mythology being brought up and the way that like there's some kind of labyrinth feeling there's like all these like weird elements of that movie that like make you feel like you can succeed as a member watching it um like inversely because i just recently watched sicario as well there's that feeling is constantly creeping but the characters are experiencing that with you do you know what i mean like they're alongside you in that journey um whereas in this film you 
like, well, I guess I could, I should reiterate with Sicario. It feels like the characters are constantly being like, what is going on? Especially, um, is it Emily Blunt's mm-hmm. character is always like, like, what is the deal with what's happening around me? You know, she's trying to do something right. She's trying to find that victory. And there's that urging sense of like horror around her. And she's like, what's the deal? And you really relate with her in that regard as a viewer. This movie, there's no character that you really necessarily cling to. Uh, there's something kind of um, just like like it. There's something like kind of weirdly like shameful about this movie, where you can like you're kind of like I don't really want to like watch this. You know, I don't really like. It's almost like exposing like dread in a certain way, where there's like this cycling um, lifestyle that's miserable. And then there's a discovery that makes life even weirdly miserable. And there's like, I don't know, there's like kind of like this haunting of a, of a breaking, like like there's like, there's like something behind the scenes that you can't quite find in this movie. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so all of that builds up to a very weird viewing experience (laughs) for the audience. Um, I don't want to say that, I hate this movie. Um, I just like, again, like I'm, I'm really not quite sure what it's doing besides invoking those feelings that I described in watching it. And what differentiates me from a normal critic is feeling something does not make me think a movie is good. (laughs) You know, that doesn't impress me all that much. Although I think it has value. Um, I just couldn't help but feel like this is a 90-minute experimental album of some kind. Where it's like, it's it's almost, it feels music video-esque. And it doesn't feel much deeper than that. Um, and I'm not saying that, that music videos, like, like music videos, there's a very limited time to get a point. In at least in my opinion, a great music video has a very limited time to get a point like a feeling or a thought. Um, this movie has 90 minutes and it still achieves just that feeling or thought. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so I'm kind of like, I'm struggling. I'm like, well, it did succeed doing that. And I, it felt like in some regards, it was stretching that 90 minutes it was like i was looking for something a little bit more you know because it was it stayed around for so long um but i guess if you're kind of looking for that fill you're gonna you're going to find it right um i would like to know what you think of the movie cameron yeah because I've, I've kind of spilled my my thoughts around it where are you sitting with like how the like what like do you think this movie like on a scale is like good bad like where you sit with it why do you want to bring it up and what do you want to talk about well I, I I personally think it's really good um though um the thing is Villeneuve uh is well I, for one I I like this movie on um 
on a couple different levels. And I think you can look at it on a couple different levels. So I, I wouldn't say that it's not deep, uh, but I think the I think the thing that it's most trying to affect you in is that sense of of sort of um, tension uh, and and the dread of of something um, something slipping away from you, um, something going going horribly wrong. Um, and I don't want to. Okay, I'm gonna do this in two ways. <laughs> Ready? Um, so I I do want to talk about the story um, and the narrative of it. Um, but he has gone on record saying that this movie isn't really about the the narrative that uh, the the narrative that it's actually showing. Um, it's it's a much uh, it's a movie about um, one thing in particular. And then if you know that, there's kind of a key that it goes to. Um, and the movie kind of wraps around this this key. Um, I actually didn't know this until I rewatched this movie again and, and I watched an interview with him that he did about this movie. Um, and in some ways it's kind of changed a little bit of, of the things that I like about the movie, (laughs) oddly enough. Um, but I also, I, so I, I want to start this conversation by just talking about my, my original experience, understanding this movie and kind of thinking about this movie in the way that you're talking about it right now. And I think to do that, I, I do want to give a brief, um, little, you know, go over of the story. Um, this follows a history professor who goes through his day and he kind of has this, this pattern and it's not very fulfilling. It's, he's not very happy about it. Um, but he's kind of stuck. And one day he ends up renting a movie that, um, and he sees a background character, um, who, uh, looks exactly like him, he thinks. And he's, he gets a little freaked out by this. Um, and he starts to kind of stalk this guy on the internet. Um, and he uses that. And that's kind of the thrust of the, of the rest of the movie is him following this guy, him finding out who he is, um, and so on and so on. Um, and then, you know, finding out, I guess this is a mild spoiler, but finding out that they are exactly, they look exactly alike. Um, they're, you know, literal doppelgangers. Um, and so, you know, they're, uh, on that layer and on, on that, on that surface level, um, I think this movie does, does two things really well. For one, that sense of your life, your identity slipping away from you um, and then being, a, you know, you find out a piece of information about you or about, you know, uh, the the way that you think of the world. Um, and then it gets kind of dislodged and he goes through this, um, this transformation of being a, you know, pretty normal, stable person to someone who, you know, is racked with a lot of instability and guilt and shame. Um, and he, he has this, um, uh, this terrifying feeling that someone else is coming in to, to, to take his place in his life in some ways or could take his place in his life. Um, and I think, I think that concept pops up in horror a lot actually, um, is the doppelganger, um, the person who will, you know, t- 
t- you know, freeze your life and, and take your body basically. Or in us, um, you know, the, the same sort of thing is, um, you know, having a, having this twin, having this shadow side of you. And I think in my reading originally, I think they're, um, I lean towards the, you know, the doppelganger thing of someone, you know, actually taking your identity and, and stealing, stealing it from you. Um, but I think there are ways to view this movie that is more in the line of, um, your shadow side of you doing things that you don't want. Um, yeah. So, um, so that, that's one thing that, that I think it does really well is it explores, um, it, it explores the fear that people have of this doppelganger effect. Um, and I think, I think in the simple way that it does that, um, it's really effective and it is very haunting and it leaves you kind of, um, you, it leaves you a little bit scared of this, this concept happening to you. And I don't think it's trying to explore like every nook and cranny of it. Um, but I think it's what it does. It does really well. Um, and then the second thing it does is like you said, it, it puts these characters into this situation and then it, and then it extracts like all of the tension that could be with, with that simple situation. And it's 90 minutes long, which is like the perfect length to do that with a very simple premise of, um, what happens if you find out that there's someone who is exactly like you in the world, you know, or living Mm -hmm. in your city or something. And so with that, I think it, it, also, again, succeeds not at, um, you know, explaining the depths of that of that problem. But I think I think it makes you really ponder that scenario and there, you know, the, the creepiness of that. Um, and and I think the feeling that you get from that is very um, is very interesting. And so um, it does that really well now. I guess narratively is the place where I think it um, it's the weakest um, it's so it's almost by design that it that it does it this way um, but the narrative is very very simplistic I would say um, and it has this this a to b structure that um, that, you know, it doesn't really waste a lot of time. It even maybe fills in some some points and kind of extends a little bit for that tension. Um, and so, in that, I think I think you could say that the narrative is the weakest point. And and as opposed to prisoners, where you're hooked and you're wrapped in on what's going to happen next, you're not necessarily as hooked in this movie um, for what's going like what's the next key to this because i think there's like you know a couple ways that this situation plays out basically and i think he knows that as as an artist so i don't know that he's trying to to explore like what's the storyline from this more so what's the feeling that this um you know kind of mythical idea gives people um and exploring that much more um, so that's kind of what I think of the movie. I, I, 
I, first of all, I love it visually. I think this movie has a very ugly style that is also beautiful at the same time. Um, it looks very dirty and makes Toronto look like a, a terrible city to be in. <laughs> um, but you know, there, there's a sense of dread in that. And I think all of the, there's, there's a handful of sort of more experimental sequences that I think are really done well. Um, and, you know, end up showing up in Villeneuve style later on in like Blade Runner, I think, especially, um, you know, some of the ways that he lights and, and shoots these sequences and, and kind of the way that he implies things without showing them, um, you know, there's, there's something really interesting and unique about, about his style. Um, so, you know, do I think it's the best movie that he's made this year? in 2013 no but we've already watched that movie so you know whatever um and do i think it's the 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 best movie of his career also no but i do think it's better than like a lot of movies that well for one are being made today but i think i think the artistic merit of it is is really something special and it's a slept on movie which is why i kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit um Mm. Yeah, how about that building shot? I know. About, you know, you know which one it's I'm talking freaky, about. It's freaky, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's dis. It's so disorienting. Like, I had to watch it twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, "What is this? Like, what is even happening to me? Yeah, right now. Like, <laughs> it's such a weird mind trip. That one shot. I know. Um, yeah, it's weird that you know what I'm talking about too. It's during that click sequence, mm-hmm. right? It's like click, and then like the build. It's like the overhead of the building, right? Yeah, it's a drone like, shot. It swings, but it's it's kind yeah, of it like swings down. Yeah, well, it's the the building is like weird, weirdly shaped, so it doesn't. You can't can't really perspective wise like see where you're looking, and you don't know where mm-hmm. the camera's mm-hmm. swinging. As and again, like that is something that he does a lot in this movie is um, the way that your perspective shifts as things go along um and there's there's this disorienting effect of it he does it again with the um with the shot of the woman walking down the hall um and she's upside down yes you know she yes. does so he does he does things like that in this movie that i think are really um you know uniquely done um so yeah i do i do want to say that the one thing that really started to kind of like bug me about this film later on is is like there are some moments that i thought were really artistic there were other moments that i was like okay this is just like goofy filmmaking like this is just i don't i didn't even know like what kind of stupid metaphor they're going for but i felt a little bit like disconnected from it whether it's it's opening moments where i'm like i'm sure it's trying to say something I don't know. Like it feels so open ended that I'm not quite sure where it goes. So I am interested to hear like uh, what Villeneuve was like trying to say with this movie. Um, but it feels like nightmare conversation fuel, you know, where people are like, I know what it means. I know what it means. <laughs> and I know I shouldn't care about that kind of thing. Um, but after watching French cinema, I'm like, yeah, I'm just not doing that. Like I just don't. I just don't have the time or patience to want to sit there and chew on a, on a movie. You know, I just like, I I feel like there's, um, 
sometimes people explain in depth uh, when I'm not sure if it was there intentionally. Um, and I think this movie is one of those movies where people can totally explain in the wrong direction. Um, and so it is cool that Villeneuve has an idea of like what he wants to say with it. Um, but I'm sure people didn't know that till he started talking about it. You know? Maybe I, this is, yeah, this is a weird one because um, I think you're right that there is this, this sort of open-endedness. And I think the movie, the actual text of the movie is very ambiguous and I don't know that it, that it really um, puts forth this. So yeah. So I, I think, I think you're right that um, the ambiguity is there for you to kind of um, let your imagination ring, which is why I like that. And I, I'm okay with that, but I can understand why most audiences wouldn't be okay with that. But I think, I think that was probably purposefully, done on Villeneuve's part um, because there are some things that are secret, um, you know, that have a secret meaning uh, in, in the movie that actually all of the actors were, they had to, they had to sign NDAs about. Um, so, you know, there are, there is like a, an actual meaning of, of certain things in the movie. Um, sure. Sure. I just like, I don't mind like little secrets and hints and, and things like, I don't, it's not that I don't like that practice in movies where there's like s some sort of ambiguity and um, you can like kind of struggle with it almost like it's a, like a mind puzzle that you're witnessing. You're trying to interpret it. You know, I, I think there's a space for it. I have a certain tolerance where if it's like, consistently that way i start to get like semi-annoyed so if you're a viewer like that like you're probably going to begin to feel that pretty quickly um i think it's opening like and and it's what i actually usually love when velenu does that it's one of my favorite things about it's why i don't shut up about dune because when you watch it it is a puzzle that's being put together. Uh, there are some secrets that it doesn't give away in the, in that movie, but most of the secrets in that movie about what happens and what's coming uh, in the plot of that film are shown to you so far in advance and you're unable to interpret like what exactly they're even showing, but somehow it plays into you having like these Jedi like visions before you even witness it on screen. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like that is like where I'm like, I love it. I am totally into that sort of thing where there's some kind of like you're, you're witnessing it. You're like, I don't understand. And then later on you're like rewarded this movie. I never felt rewarded. Um, it felt like it was like, now tell me the meaning at the end. And I'm like, I just don't care that much. You know, like I'm, I'm not quite, uh, I, I've never, like, I've never considered myself any kind of scholar or anything like that in this regard. Um, so I think where this movie is losing points for me is that aspect that we're talking about, but also that the, other aspects of the film in terms of like the plot or that doppelganger idea or 
some of those other things, like it's lacking the depth because uh, it's not trying to be deep there. It's lacking the entertainment value because it's not necessarily like trying to be entertaining there. Instead, it's circulating around some kind of feeling, exploring an idea that's lost in this ambiguity. And all of that leads up to a viewing experience that personally, I've sat back and been like, I'm not into that. Like, the other side of my mind is like, you might be thinking about this movie a month later very differently. And I, I like, that's fine if that happens. And I'm almost 100% positive I'll respect this movie more once I know what the heck it's supposed to be about, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and, and to, to, cre- to the credit of that, right? Maybe this podcast episode and the spoilers that we get into. Like maybe it will make the viewing worth it for you. It is a very short movie, um, so th- that that has to be, you know, yeah, mentioned, right? Um, Cameron, before we get into what Villeneuve wanted to say with this movie, do you think people should watch it before knowing or after? Before knowing? knowing. <laughs> okay, of course. I what a yeah. surprise. Well. <laughs> To me, you know, it's kind of like when you know a secret and then it's like not exciting anymore. Not not saying that it's not exciting. See, but 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 my second viewing of Dune <laughs> was even better. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. You know, like you know the ending. You watch again, and your mind is like double blown because you're like, oh my god. I think the surprises in the movie are interesting enough on their own to be exciting. Um, well, just me maybe, bef- maybe before we get into what he's exactly meaning, we should spoil some of those big surprises yeah. <laughs> because we're going full spoilers. Yeah. Um, we should probably address the end. Yeah. Scene, right. <laughs> uh, cause that is probably the big, like what the heck, um, when that happened, I just laughed and I was like, all right, I clearly missed something, you know? Um, went back to the beginning of the movie, derived nothing from it. Uh, <laughs> and I just got up and said, well, probably wasn't for me. Right. Um, what your first time seeing that ending, what was your, response? I was, I was shocked. I was scared. <laughs> I was, I had like, there was something about it that, that really freaked me out the first time. I, Cause I think. I think the way that the movie, like the the trajectory of the movie, is is going, you're like you're like okay, things are wrapping up, you know. There's kind of a conclusion. He's you know he's taking over this guy's life. Um, there's right, something interesting right. about that, and and you know the way that he kind of walks and moves in that scene. Um, he's suspicious, but he's also much more confident than he was, you know, when he first got there. You know, and and that's interesting. And so, and then with the with the addition of knowing, you know, so so he he gets he gets the key, and there's been this sort of mysterious thing throughout the movie about this, uh, you know, this package or this letter that, um, you know, the actor gets that he he drops off to him, and uh, and you know, so this this key is, um, you know, you you find. 
uh, or that, with that conversation that uh, that the elevator guy has, um, you know that that gives you some of the context of what's happening in the very very beginning moments of the movie. Um, there's this kind of weird, creepy underground, um, you know, strip club situation, um, and it's all very seedy and uh, you know there's something very distasteful about it. Um, and so so you you get there's this realization at the end where it's it's like oh okay so he's he's going to find out the life that this guy lives in in a certain way and there's there's something interesting about about that in the end and then (laughs) and then that that final shot i think is so um scary and it comes out of nowhere and then it just leaves you with like that's the that's how the movie leaves you um and so there's something very unsettling about it. And I've thought about that she- that scene and that shot um, many times uh, since first seeing this movie. Um, and that's kind of the picture that's in my head about this movie. Um, Definitely. Is how, how freaky and weird uh, that is. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... and- the other thing that I think elevated it for me is actually the only sympathetic character that I cared for at all in the movie was the mm-hmm. wife. Uh, there's uh, the pregnant wife of his doppelganger. Um, she just seems very like, I don't know. She's a very warm character. You're like, I just, she seems very helpless, you know, and um, to like, there's like a comfort with her with her presence mm-hmm. in the movie and then to like switch that, like when he goes into the bedroom and either she's not there or she's changed or you're not quite sure, you know? Um, but it doesn't matter. It's just like, like big scare, yeah. you know, <laughs> big visual scare, not even loud, not even startling. No. <laughs> it's just like a horror scare, which, you know, to cr- credit where it's due. I actually thought that, um, and I, I'm just going to say it, I think the use of spiders in this movie has, like, it, it's very icky. You're <laughs> instantly not, like, you just don't like mm-hmm. it. The opening moment with the spider, I I was like, this is stupid. Like, I really didn't like the opening. I was like, I I don't quite understand what that's for or where it, like, I don't, I just don't, I didn't get it. Even watching it from its ending. I was like, I still don't get it. I understand that there's a distasteful, like evil side to whatever that guy's into. Um, just like the way you described it. I was like, I got that from it, but I don't understand any of like the symbolism with the spider. The best scare for me in the movie, um, the ending scene, I was like, what? That I think the part that I was like, what the heck, was the city skyline um, spider. And I, I literally was like in love with the visual and the freakiness of it. Because it really makes you double take it. You see so much of the skyline throughout the whole movie. And then, like I was saying with my example at the beginning, the crack in the submarine glass. Like that is like one of those moments in this movie. Uh, that really it it makes you like begin to lean in in a particular way and I don't know if I remember any other 
like spider symbolism sort of things. Was there anything with a web? I'm no. not sure if I no remember webs. that. No webs. Yeah. Um, but the city skyline for me was like, that was like, yeah, it's a, that. it's a freaky oh, shot I, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then the rest of the skylines you're looking for, mm-hmm. you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? I think, I think that's what makes it, um, it, it's very compelling in, in, in that moment. Yeah. The ending I didn't take too seriously. Um, and it made me like, again, it made me like, okay, I'm going to watch the beginning of this movie again. Cause I missed something. Watch the beginning. I was like, still don't get it. Walked away. Right. Um, so yeah, I definitely subverting expectations in its final moments. Um, yeah, I, I guess like you, I could see that being like a, a surprise that you don't want ruined or anything. Um, just still invokes a feeling, not quite sure what it's saying. Not sure. Like, I'm not sure if knowing is going to make me hate it or like it more. <laughs> and I think it's time, Karen, it's time to hear what Villeneuve wants. To yeah. Say. Um, so in his explanation, this is not the story of a man finding his doppelganger. Um, this is the story of, uh, sorry, it's not, it's not the, it's not the story of two men coming together knowing that they look exactly alike. Um, this is the story of um, the psyche of one man um, and his break with his real life into his, um, his double life, which is his affair. Um, and so that's, that's really the story, according to Villeneuve. Um, and I think there's a lot of evidence for that in the, um, throughout the movie. And it made a lot of sense when I heard it. Um, I was like, ah, this kind of puts together some of the, the more interesting pieces of, um, or I guess maybe some of the, the more unexplained pieces of, of the mystery. Right. Um, you know, there's that conversation with the mother that I think is, is kind of a key, uh, moment in figuring this out, which is, you know, she says you should, um, you know, you should get rid of your, uh, your dreams of being like a third rate actor, basically, you know? And so really the story is, um, this, this man who's, who's being unfaithful, um, who, uh, you know, is sort of repeating this cycle of, um, of lust, uh, and is, um, you know, driven to, to sort of adopt this, you know, this dual personality of his, um, and so, you know, I think that makes a lot of sense with the, uh, with the, you know, certain, certain text of, of things that happened in the movie, um, where he's, he's sort of fantasizing about his other life, um, coming in to sort of steal his own away from himself. And so, you know, in the, in the narrative of the story, he's, um, he's married to his pregnant wife um but can't stop seeing his his mistress and you know is is kind of is being unfaithful and so um you know the the weird uh 
the weird club at the beginning and uh you know the spiders and all that Th- those are symbolizations of of sort of his temptation of you know going back and and betraying the person who who cares about him and and who loves him and so that's that's kind of his his take on on what this movie means if that makes sense it's interesting i i understand where that's coming from um again though with the sympathy with the wife what's weird is that i actually felt the opposite in some regards um maybe it's the structure of the movie but there's something about his like the mistress relationship and the professor character um that seems like very miserable and matrix-esque to me and then when he is in like the house with his wife there's a feeling of like that's where he wants to be and he's always wanting to be the better or 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 he there's a it's weird like there's a side of him that wants to be in that other place mm-hmm. you know and so maybe it is like um part of the movie's context um it's interesting that the characters switch if that's kind of the point of the film, right? And yeah, I was just I was I was a little confused by by that if if that's what it's trying to say. Because I was kind I was there was something about it that I was picking up on the the exploration of like you know the the opening moment of the raunchy club and then at the beginning of the movie like Jake Gyllenhaal's character is like having like this robotic like life where in between work and you know his everyday things like he comes home to this really sketchy like prostitute-esque woman you know they have like this rigorous sex but it's robotically shown mm-hmm. where it's like day over this day over this and it's like ew like ew like you're like i don't want to be at all like around this and his character doesn't want to be around that either to then discover he has a doppelganger and there's this better life in a nice like penthouse apartment or whatever and like there's something very sympathetic about the wife and there's something that kind of draws you as an audience to her even though she's pregnant and helpless you're like wow like that does seem better, right? And you don't like the actor guy who's like, you know, kind of full of himself. Um, to have them switch, it, there's this weird like relief a little bit. Even though I said the movie doesn't have a lot of relief, but you're like, it kind of like makes sense. Like this is probably better for both of them, you know? You have that feeling. Yeah, well, exactly. Happens. But that's that's kind of the point of the movie is this this relationship is the one that he wants to be in. Um, but he can't help himself, um, you know, and that's where the, you know, the pretending to be an, an actor. Oh, and I guess in the narrative, he actually is the professor. He's not the actor. Um, and he has a he has yeah. a wife. Um, he cheats on his wife and he has dreams of being an, an actor, blah, blah, blah. You know, and he has this this double life. Um, and that's what the mom says, basically, is um, you you know, give up being an actor, basically give up this 
alternate lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. So, but, but in, you know, in the reading where it's, it's one man, the coming back to the wife and, um, uh, you know, sort of getting back into that part of it, um, that's the relationship that he, that he wants to be in. But at the end of the movie, right, he falls back into the temptation of, of lust. And so, you know, the cycle repeats itself and he, you know, he falls down again because of, you know, that's just, I guess, who he is. Um, but I think that's, that's kind of the point of, of that, that switch is you want the relief of him being in, in the, um, in the good relationship, but he can never hold it. If that makes sense. Hmm. I mean, I do think that the movie has a, like, I, how do I want to say this? The inherent struggle with lust is not anything that's like, and I'll, I'll just say it. Like, I don't think it's something that, um, shouldn't be explored. Uh, and then, and I think personally, I, I mean, I've dealt with it. I feel like a lot of people have dealt with that feeling being stuck in that despair. Right. Um, I just, I don't know why this movie didn't click with me in that regard. And even knowing it, um, there's still something missing with it for me. Um, yeah, I don't, and, and maybe that's just me like speaking from my own experience in, in some regard. Uh, but I do think that there's like, man, I like the, like it's cause you, you mentioned it, it's like, I like the concept of a doppelganger and, and like the despair and kind of the horror elements with it. Um, but I'm not sure why it didn't click in a way that should have related more. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, cause I do think that that, that struggle should be, you know, somewhat relatable for a lot of people. You know, I do think it's a very personal like thing that doesn't want to be talked about. Um, and I think that this movie neglects some of the like humanity in that, you know? Um, yeah. So from afar, I'm like, very cool. Um, I like the idea on paper, on the execution. Um, I can't really say that like I would take it in a different direction, but I do. I'm not a filmmaker, but there is something personally like. I, and actually, I mean, maybe that's a that's a better conversation to like dig into, Cameron, because. Um, you know, the, the <laughs> we we didn't we famously didn't review one movie <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. 
um, uh, what was Boogie that? Nights. Boogie yeah. Nights? Is that I it? don't know about famous. Which is, but, a, you know. <laughs> well, oh yeah, famous. The 20 people <laughs> listening at that time knew about it, right? Um, and I, I, I went out of my way and I was like, I can't review this movie. Like to me, it was just something about it was way too fun and happy when addressing a very dark, serious matter with the like pornography in the porn industry, which the movie does. It, it like doesn't to me, it doesn't, it doesn't like glorify it. It does condemn it, but it seems like a theme park and it's having a lot of fun while doing it. And I was like, I just don't like, it just, ugh, it just leaves a really bad taste in my mouth with it. Um, and this movie, like conceptually, I'm like, it's a big, I, I feel like it's a big idea to tackle and a difficult one that people have a hard time discussing openly. Um, especially because like, I feel like people can talk about like lust or the battle with that thing, but it's always like an arm's length away. You know, they're like, well, I wouldn't like, I don't want to talk exactly about my own personal issues with that. Right. Um, so to create a movie about it feels like very, it, it feels pretty challenging. Um, and so I guess what I'm trying to get with is like, I don't know if I've seen some kind of cinematic representation where I'm like, I'm like, I'm, it's weird. I don't want to say like I'm into it, but I'm like, I'm like on the same page with some of the ideas being explored. You yeah. Know what I mean, um, I'm trying to think if there's something that I've seen that like handles a person's struggle with lust in a way that I'm like, I don't know that I'm like relating to and I'm like, like moved by in some kind of way. I do, does that make sense what I'm saying? I know it's 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 kind of it's weirdly put. Yeah, but. I mean, I guess um Well, uh, yeah, like you said it's kind of a hard conversation to have, and I think I think the way that this movie does it is at a much more conceptual level and in sort of the allegory mm. sense of of the way that you can talk about these things, which I think for some people might push them away, but I think for a lot of people might be more engaging and more sort of subconscious um, as an mm. understanding of that, right? Where, you know, this, there's that fear of of someone doing something to you or, you know, or yourself doing doing something to your life um, that you don't you don't know about or that you you wouldn't do if you were in like a rational state of mind, but it's like someone else takes over right, your, right. your life basically. Right. Um, mm. yeah. So, and I like, I like the idea of like tackling it metaphorically. I think it's, um, like, I, like I said, everything about this movie on paper <laughs> with that idea, I like, I don't like that the director had to like clarify by the way, that's what this movie's about. Sure, sure. And it's like, okay, you know, like, there's a part of me that's like, didn't you want to have the balls to be like, that's what it was about and you just knew? Do you know what I mean? But maybe that would lose, like, the me metaphorical weight. But even the metaphor, like, 
it it even if you like take it for what it is and it's interesting that it's around prisoners with the mythology stuff right um in in that movie like if you take it for like being more gosh what is the right word it's not like story storybook it's it's like um almost like a fable or something or some kind of like um parable yeah right if it's some kind of parable or something like there's i still think there's an element that's missing in this movie um to make it ascend to that that level you know um the conclusion doesn't feel parable-esque it doesn't feel like it's landing at some kind of like wise men tale or something, um, which is, I mean, personally, I'm like, that's where it, that's where I wished it would have gone. Yeah. Right. If I knew that's what the movie was talking about, I wished it wouldn't have copped out with a shock factor thing. I wish it would have closed the loop with, you know, the three little piggies story. And, you know, like there's, there's like a, there's some kind of conclusion that feels like it's wrapped up and there's like some kind of like moral resolve in some regard. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying, Cameron? Is that like a, am I sounding really like confusing? No, I mean, I, I think I understand what you're saying. Um, Though, um, yeah, you want you want more of less of sort of like an exploration of this idea of the metaphor, um, and you want more of sort of the the narrative um, through that, um, which I think is is fine. I think that's a fine criticism, but um, but I think yeah, I think the movie is is more so just. Um, in some ways kind of asking, asking that as, as the question, um, you know, is this, this, is this the cycle where, you know, you, you feel, um, you know, trapped and there's, you know, someone who, who, you know, who isn't, is you, but isn't connected to you. And then, um, you know, there's something that, that, that goes through and you want to be in the, in the safe, stable relationship, but you, um, you know, you feel like you can't and, and, you know, in the end up, or in the end, he doesn't end up being able to, he falls, he slips back into, um, into, to temptation. Um, but I think that's a, I think that's an okay way to, to explore it. I don't, I don't think it needs to have necessarily a a sort of wrapped up tidy bow. Um, maybe not, but, because I brought up the three little piggies, it would be like watching the piggy that made his house of straw, but it would just be a character study on that. Sure. Which which is fine. (laughs) You know, like the house of straw and then it's blown down and that's it, you know? And I'm like, but that's like not the whole thing. Yeah. But like there's gotta be a little bit. Some, some parables are like that. Right. (laughs) Humpty Dumpty. I hate Humpty Dumpty, dude. I don't want to hear Humpty Dumpty. You know, like he's he falls off a wall. He's dead. <laughs> you know, like it's like, what was the point of that? You know? Yeah. I don't know. 
What about the one where the kids get cooked in the oven? Yeah, you ever, you ever hear that story book? Oh, yikes. Yeah. Not sure about that one either. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what I was trying to say. Um, Stranger danger, maybe? Um, yeah, well, I mean, they're all lessons, uh, you know. They're all lessons. Okay. I mean, I, I will give it some... Like, I, I feel like I've praised it for not um, absolutely loving it. So. Yeah. And I do think the explore, exploration of lust with a doppelganger idea is really cool. Um, I do think it's... It captures a dread. Um, actually, I've been... Like... It, it it captures a dread that I think, um, yeah, I think I think only that kind of like internal lust and struggle like has, and I think there's there's something um, there's something there. I just. Yeah, maybe I just, I think maybe this movie, I just wanted more. And maybe I needed to work on just being like, no, it's <laughs> it's fine. Um, you just wanted more of a landing well, to the ship. But it does kind of leave it, leave it, you leave you wondering if it lands in a in a crash or if it, or if it safely lands, you know. It kind of leaves you wondering if it landed yeah, at all. I guess so. You know? I mean, if I started the movie from the beginning, you know, there's all these, there's all these ambiguous things you know you're considering you were talking about like the key to the movie and there's actually a literal key yeah. and you're like uh like what and there's the key there's the spiders there's the mom's call you know there's like all these things that I'm like I'm not sure I I don't know like I just um I want to be more impressed and like this movie more. But I've seen Villeneuve sure. movies. And and yeah, make sure you see Prisoners. <laughs> I'm just say that. Yeah. I oh no, I think that's fair and I think so, he would probably tell you that's fair too. Um uh, you know, this movie was much not, I, I don't want to say a lesser project for him, but it it was in some ways, you know, it was a lesser budget, had less of a release, was shorter, you know. This is a small project for Villeneuve, which I appreciate because it lets him kind of be be a little more experimental, think about things from like less literal of ways and more in the in the sort of poetic sense. Um and I, you know, I'm I'm happy with that. I think I think you did a did a good job here. So, yeah, yeah, I um, I like it. I like pairing it with horror, um, but at the same time, mm. I don't like it. So there's my there's my <laughs> review. I am curious. Oh man, it that like. Exp- exploring lust in some kind of way. I feel like that would be pretty 
that would be difficult for me to get through a movie that wasn't metaphorical. Sure. Right. <laughs> um, and it would also be challenging for me to be like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that is a topic that is, it, it is more challenging, like to, to capture like I, c- compared to c- like compared to, I guess maybe a different seven deadly sin sort mm-hmm. of thing. Right. Um, where it's like, Oh, we're going to talk about like, um, you know, revenge, like what movie, like there's tons of movies that easily handle that. And people watch that and they're like, yeah, but like, like to capture some of the stuff around, like around lust, like, I don't even know where you would approach that, where I feel like you could make a Pixar movie about revenge. Like where's the, where's a, where's a Pixar movie about (laughs) lust, dude, that would be like wild. You know, I feel like it's that one thing that doesn't, like people have not mm-hmm. wanted to address. Actually, I just thought of one. Cameron, we reviewed it on the show. Um I think Eyes Wide Shut might might be my favorite um movie about lust. Yeah. Um and this movie like yeah, invokes some so. of that, right? In its in its opening scene. Um What's weird is that a lot of people not a lot of people. <laughs> uh, Juzo likes to make fun of me where he's like, you know, if there's like nudity or things like that, Isaac is is not going to like it. I agree. I'm somewhat of a prude. All right. I don't really want to see that stuff on screen. I got no shame in that. All right. I don't need to see it. You know, I say it. I say it bluntly. Like, man, if you wanted to watch porn, you could watch porn. I'm trying to watch a movie, you know, <laughs> like let's watch a movie. Right. Um, and so I think like Juzo was like, I think we, we had a conversation about eyes wide shut, like when we first watched it and he was like, Oh, like, what'd you think? Like, is that going to be crazy? And I remember kind of backing away from it a little bit. Uh, cause I expected there to be some, you know, some raunchiness to it, but I walked away with it being like, I kind of liked where it went with like Tom Cruise's character and how it like. It what there was like this horror element that haunted him, like where you touch the stove. It's almost like the it's kind of got that like forbidden fruit thing, and it's like super bad. Like when he made that decision, um, so that's probably the 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 movie that I'm like, yeah, like that's like that would be my choice. Um, but it's I feel like that yeah. That that's a difficult topic. I would love to hear some recommendations. <laughs> Not saying that I'm gonna watch them, but <laughs> I would love to hear some recommendations of what people think like handle that topic in a way that's not like I don't know, mm-hmm. immaturely handled. Uh I know I know a lot of people would be like, Oh, Boogie Nights, you know, that's where it's at, you know. Um come on, guys, less is not that fun. That's all I'm gonna say. It can't be that fun, no. you know. The movie is—it's having way too much fun with itself. <laughs> wow! Now that might be deep <laughs> right there. So, any other uh, concluding thoughts before I ramble myself into um, a grave? No, I think yeah, I think um, yeah. This is an interesting one. I think 
totally a lesser known of Villeneuve's, and I wanted to to sort of shout it out. Um, I think this might round out all of our English movies from him, right? I think you've seen all of them. At this point, yeah. Although I never finished my my oh, second yeah. watch of Prisoners, or no, uh, of um, uh, Sicario. I gotta yeah. I gotta finish that. Um, I'm a squeaky yeah. chair, dude. I can't move. <laughs> I'm trying to like tie my shoe, and this chair yeah. is like freaking out on me. Um, yeah. So, so I guess um, I guess that's all I have to say about it. I I like it a lot. I think it's I think it's one that. That will stick with you. It's 90 minutes. It's totally doable. Um, you know, definitely one that um, I think is worth worth a watch, I'd say. so. And I got to figure out where Jake Gyllenhaal got those glasses, <laughs> dude. Awesome. The hangover glasses, whatever's going on yeah. there. I was like, I got to get some of those. That looks cool. Okay, so here's what we should do. We should decide. Actually, no. I'm going to tell you what movie we're going to do next. We're going to watch Her, another 2013 classic. Okay. Um, yeah, kind of interesting. Here we go. Um, Can't wait. Now, for the final two movies, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> what could it be about? Have you seen The Wolf what of Wall Street? What could it be about? Would you be interested not. in seeing The Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, you do. There's the there's some other good theory. ones that I could pick. So. Actually, I really don't have any idea what to what to expect from Wolf of mm. Wall Street at all. I really have no idea. You know, I haven't seen it since about. it came out. Um, so I, you know, it's one of those ones that I that I really liked at the time, but um, it's kind of a hard one to. It's a weird, it's, yeah, it's a little bit weird. I think people have kind of a, a different experience with it than I did. Um, cause I saw it, a lot of people thought of it as a comedy, uh, which I did not. Um, I thought of it as much more of a dark, mm. um, yeah, kind of a, uh, uh like a, yeah, a, 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 in somewhat of a cautionary tale. I guess and a lot of a cautionary tale. Um, so I don't know. I I'm I'm interested if you do want to watch it, but we can we can think about it um, for next time. It is like a definitely a a trek. It's three hours long. So <laughs> oh yeah. gosh. Uh, but it you know it's one of the classics of this of this year. So what are you gonna do? Well, I mean, we we might just have yeah. to. Dive but next into week it. we're we'll doing see. her. Do you remember you watched? We watched a movie together this year. Do you remember what movie it is? <laughs> we were in high school. Twenty thirteen. We we're hanging out. Yeah, it was gravity. Gravity. <laughs> oh gosh, you know that would be a fun. Yeah, movie you think? To revisit. That was like. That was probably the first time Cameron and I were practicing <laughs> for the show. Um, that was like we we were so like I hated that movie when we saw it in the theater. I absolutely hated it. And Cameron was like, "That was just a, that was an allegory." And I remember I've never <laughs> been more mad at you when you said that. 
I was like, who cares? It sucked. <laughs> who cares what it was trying to say? You know, it was high school Isaac. Like that movie was mm. not fun. I remember I really l- wanted to lo- like I really mm-hmm. loved sci-fi because I had seen some like like classic thriller action movies like Terminator or Alien. And I was like, I love sci-fi. And then I started watching sci-fi in 2013. You watch like Oblivion and the movie like it just is <laughs> kind of boring. <laughs> You know, you're not well, it's sure interesting because I think boring. I think your view you're like, on it might might change actually. Like I think you might like it more now because um, I don't know. I haven't seen it since we saw it in theaters, but from what I remember, it was it was a thrill ride, and it's only ninety minutes long, and it's like, and it's 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 gangbusters the whole time. the The, pr- the problem is, is that I don't think there was that much going on because i really remember almost all of it (laughs) i guess yeah you know i really (laughs) do remember it like it's like there's there's so little that happens between breathing (laughs) screaming and spinning there's about two or three things that happen in the movie and uh i'm like okay well that was that i really don't think i need to revisit it but it w- i think you know prompting this conversation i'm probably cursing <laughs> myself to watch it again <laughs> well, so. well we'll talk about it but let's do her next time um yeah i think i'll just say for now this is the best movie of 2013 so that's it's oh, my favorite this one. movie of 2013 yeah no, no the one her. we just watched yeah oh her well you're wrong cuz prisoners came um out, so. 2013. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> hey, you know what? If you thought this is the best movie of 2013, I would have already seen it. That's, that's what I'm going to say. I don't think so because cuz you made you you were so I excited was, to make me watch I Prisoners. I was. And, and I am. I love that you love Prisoners. I love Prisoners. This one's a weird one though because it's a very it's a, I feel like it's a much more personal movie. Um and it has a mm. lot of yeah, it's a it's one that like I I think about a lot and and it has like this. Well, we'll talk about it next time. So we'll save it. We'll save it. I have I I just want I want to say I literally have like I do not want to give this movie I know. one chance. <laughs> I know. I'm 100%. telling you that right yeah, now. <laughs> so so it will be interesting. Which is why I've never recommended it, it to you before. So. <laughs> I have absolutely never yes. wanted to watch yes. this movie. Um, so much about this movie, I'm like, no. So if you hate my review next week, that's why. I have a preconceived notion. I'll just claim it again before we start reviewing it. Um, it I would love for it to win me over. That would be a joy. Mm. I, lo- I love when movies do that. So we'll see when we get there. Um, but until next Tuesday, that's when we post... We hope you guys have a great week and we will see you then. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill, for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at Patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support.